Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Our episode today is a recording of the sermon that I, Pastor Nate, preached yesterday on January 31st. There was a lot going on with this sermon. It was Confirmation Sunday, so we get a lot of mention of our confirmands and what that great moment in their life means, but it was also the first in two weeks of stewardship sermons. So I focus a lot on this idea of what stewardship means, what it means to uh, receive blessings from God and give them back to the world. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. There's a lot to unpack there, really interesting stuff. Um, It is based on readings from 1 Peter chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 25. I always feel a little weird proclaiming the gospel of the Lord at the end of that reading. I feel like I should pose it as a question. The gospel of the Lord? It just has such a a dire and doomsday type of ending to it. I'll get to that scripture passage, that strange parable in a second, but where I want to start off this morning is talking about our confirmants. These young people who I told you about who confirmed their faith yesterday, we had a special celebration for them given these COVID times. We wanted a way to honor their work and honor this great moment in their life, but do it safely. And so Caitlin Jaster, one of our confirmands, read to us from that letter from 1 Peter this morning. And the reading talks all about the ways that a life of faith can seem like a stumbling block, it says, to the rest of the world. Listen again to verses 7 and 8 from that reading. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. I think that's a powerful place for us to begin this morning. To recognize and admit that following Jesus can seem a little backwards to the rest of the world. Which brings me back to our confirmants, because the decision that they made yesterday to confirm and affirm the faith of their baptism, it was so joyful, so amazing, and because I'm sure that to many, it also seemed backwards. I wish you could have been there. We had a small, safe, outdoor confirmation service right out there on the lawn, and it was a joy-filled day with blessings and stories and prayers, and it was holy and sacred and really, really windy. And I'm guessing that to all the people driving by on Hamden who saw us sitting outside huddled (laughs) to stay warm, I'm guessing they were thinking, what are those people doing? The truth is, this is how our life of faith works sometimes. As people of faith, as followers of Jesus, we're asked to look at the world just a little bit differently. We're asked to have different values and priorities than what the dominant culture might dictate to us. This truth applies to every facet of our life. We're called to be faithful and to think differently about the abilities that God has given to us, the relationships that God has given to us, the jobs and vocations that God has given to us, and yeah, the possessions that God has given to us. In the church, we have a fancy word for all this. We call it stewardship. Did you see it on the front of your bulletin this morning? I told you that we're going to be having some stewardship conversations over the next few weeks. And the truth is that Jesus never actually said this word stewardship, 
But when you dig a little deeper, you realize that so much of his teaching, so many of his miracles were really about being faithful with the blessings that God has given to us. Now, stewardship is about our whole life. All of this life is a gift from God, and we're called to think differently about all of it. We're called to share our gifts and talents that God has given to us with the rest of the world because the world is in need. And there is a subset to this whole conversation. Yes, stewardship's about our whole life. We're called to steward and share the gifts God has given us. But one of the many gifts that Jesus constantly is asking us to consider is, you guessed it, money. Jesus never directly mentioned stewardship. But Jesus mentioned money a lot. Eleven of his 39 parables that we have recorded in Scripture deal with money. Jesus mentioned money more than heaven and hell, more than the Ten Commandments, more than worship style or music programs or youth groups or fish fries or any of the other things we like to bicker about at church. If Jesus bothered to talk about stewardship and giving and being faithful with our money this much, then we need to talk about it too. Even if it might seem a little uncomfortable. Even if the rest of the world says, that's kind of backwards and not the way we do it. As Christians, we realize we're called to have these hard conversations. But I gotta say, I think part of the reason that we don't like talking about money and by transit property, don't like talking about stewardship, is because we don't talk about it in the right ways. Let me explain. When I first started off as a pastor, I would lead the congregation I was serving through a stewardship drive every October. And each Sunday in October, a different member of the congregation would come forward and give a short temple talk about the importance of giving to the church. The problem with these temple talks is that I'm afraid it might have felt a little coerced. Truth be told, I always had to beg congregation members to share one of these temple talks. And I know that not everyone gets as much energy and joy out of speaking up front in the whole church as I do, and so I'm sure that a lot of people listening to these temple talks in the pews could tell that the only reason that Pat was up there nervously talking about stewardship was because the pastor asked her to speak. And so let me say it clearly. Stewardship isn't just something you should do because the pastor tells you to. Now that I've had years to reflect back on these early mistakes in my ministry, I've realized what I was missing in this whole setup, what was missing, this fundamental truth about stewardship that wasn't coming across through those temple talks. The truth is, stewardship is about joy. Not only that, but stewardship above all else is a deeply spiritual matter. When we make stewardship just about hanging on to our money or about doing what the pastor says or about balancing the church budget, then we miss the opportunity to to discuss money and stewardship as a matter of the soul. As I've already told you, Jesus talked about money a lot because he knew that all of this was a spiritual matter. Even back then, Jesus saw that money was often ruining people's lives. And Jesus wanted us to have a better existence than that. We've got to remember that an essential part of Jesus' ministry 
was focused on teaching us how to live right now. We often focus on the ways that Jesus died and rose and how this opened to us the promise of life after death, and that's important. But Jesus also came so that we can have life before death, so that we can have better lives right now. He came to teach us how to live, how to discover joy and hope and the fullness of life today. And so this is why he talked about money so much. Because Jesus knew that it was a spiritual matter. He knew that if we didn't handle the topic of money, well, then our souls would become corrupted and our lives could be ruined by the process. The parable we read this morning, that strange one with the dramatic ending, it does an excellent job of highlighting these dynamics that I'm talking about. This is one of those parables from Jesus that's clearly trying to show us how we can be destroyed by hoarding the blessings that God has given to us. In the gospel passage, Jesus tells a parable about three servants who are entrusted with bags of gold from their master. And two of the servants traded the money and made more, but the third was so afraid that he buried the funds. The first two servants are praise when the master returns, but the third servant is dealt with harshly. I believe what Jesus is trying to point out to us in this parable is the ways that fear can negatively impact our stewardship. It's out of fear that the third slave buried the funds entrusted to him. And it's often out of fear that we, myself included, choose to keep our gifts or our talents or our time to ourselves. And that is a spiritual matter. When we let fear be the driving force in our life, we're not trusting our creator. When fear is leading the way, we end up clinging to something more tightly than we cling to God. If our thoughts are focused on the fear of not having enough or the fear of fitting in or the fear of not being in control, all of that fear is not how Jesus wants us to live. Jesus has a better way. And now, it's not entirely our fault. We've all been brought up in a society that teaches us this type of fear. This sense that we need to have the newest trend, the best gadget, the nicest house, the fancy car, because if we don't, we'll somehow be inadequate. We've allowed ourselves to believe that making money and spending money is what gives life meaning. And anything else is just something to be feared. I think Cornell West, the great philosopher, said it best. He said, we've begun to think that by possessing commodities, we are possessing our souls. But there is hope. And it's really quite simple, actually. How do we combat this fear and this vicious cycle that seems to be perpetuated all throughout our world? It's simple. By giving. When we give freely, of what's incredibly precious to us. When we give what God has already given to us back, we short-circuit the fear. The act of giving away hard-earned money or precious time, it declares that we live by a different set of rules than the rest of the world. When we give, it starts to break the system. When we give, we acknowledge that our life is different than the dominant capitalist narrative. When we give, we get in touch with that part of ourselves that was never nourished by buying and selling and keeping to ourself. Through giving, we announce that our definition is found in God, 
not in our bank account. Through giving, we remind ourselves that money does not make the world go round. God does. Through giving, we proclaim that our relationship with God is far more important than our relationship with money. Jesus calls us to give because he knows that few other practices could change our life this dramatically. It's right there in the parable. The two servants who choose to share their talents enter into the master's joy, it says. Jesus is telling us that when we choose to not tightly hoard what God has given us, joy is the result. And be honest, don't you know that to be true? When you help a friend, when you make a donation to an organization, when you volunteer your time and energy to a project, when you see that statement at the end of the year with the total amount of money that you gave to Bethany Lutheran Church, aren't you filled with joy? You thought you were going to miss that money that you put in the offering plate. But now you realize that giving that money away wasn't a loss, it was the beginning of joy. As I've said yesterday, 10 young people and their families gathered together outside on a windy, windy January day, and they gave their lives to Jesus again. God had already claimed them at their baptism, but yesterday these 10 young people stood up front of their, in front of their community and declared that they want to continue on this counterintuitive journey we call faith. As wind blew papers and programs all over the roof, there was so much joy. It started with giving, and it ended with joy. And I know so many people will tell you that that's completely backwards. It's not the message that society has for us. But friends, this is the truly good news of Jesus. When we give, there is joy. Even the foolish, counterintuitive truth that is the very heart of the gospel proclaims this. Jesus gave his life on the cross, and it seemed like the end. It seemed like fear and death had won, but it was through that act of giving that the joy of Easter Sunday, the promise of resurrection hope, was realized. Jesus invites us to discover a better way to live through his words and his miracles, his parables, his life and his death. Jesus shows us the link between giving and joy. And he invites us to follow him. Amen.